In this episode of the Latino Business Report, we have Julio Cesar Cedillo, co-star in a new movie from Mucho Mas Media, The Black Demon. The Black Demon is a movie about how we've mistreated the earth and put ourselves into this very predicament. We've made our bed, now we must lie in it. The Black Demon is a creature that is not a hell-bent unkind predator, but rather a physical embodiment of retribution. The Black Demon is an emissary acting on behalf of Tlaloc, Aztec god of rain and fertility, to reclaim the ocean that was laid to waste by human greed and desire. Oh, so how do you like that for an intro, folks? Hey, this was a great movie. It is a shark movie. Yep, you got it, a shark movie. And who doesn't like a good shark movie? This had me on the edge of my seat through the whole darn thing. So stay tuned, go ahead, listen in, and let's find out more about The Black Demon. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode. Who out there doesn't like going to the movies? I know I do. I used to go to the movies all the time. The pandemic kind of slowed it down a little bit, but I'm slowly getting back into it. And you, if you haven't, you should. There's a new movie that's coming out that just broke this last weekend, The Black Demon. You know what? This movie, who doesn't like a good shark movie? It keeps you on the edge of the seat. I know it kept me going. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I was excited. I really enjoyed the film. And it's one of the... This one's going to be a classic. This one is going to be one that's going to be around for a long time. And what I find interesting, it wasn't a big studio film. This was an independent film. I got some great actors in there. And we have one of those actors today to talk to you. And his name is Julio Cesar Cedillo. Julio, how are you doing today, my friend? Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, man. I'm doing I'm doing great. I finally got to see the movie last night. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, are, are you saying I saw the movie before you? I had, you saw the movie before me. You must know people in high places because I had not seen it yet. Well, what did you think of the movie? Uh, listen, it's it's. Uh, I love the I love the movie. I love the movie for all the reasons I uh, decided to be a part of it uh, because of the uh, the storyline. You know, it's a story about a family. It's a survival film, uh, and yeah, it's got some some mythology mixed in there. So yeah, it was pretty entertaining. I. I loved it. You know, I, the the opening sequence. I loved. I, I love the. Uh, I love the uh, the dynamics between the family and then my character and my my best friend in the film. Uh, but you know, it's almost like it's hard to be objective when you're such a big part of it. You know, right, right. I can look. I can look at scenes and then remember where we were and what we took to film them. So it's hard to be objective uh, per se because I'm such a big part of it and. Uh, but I'm very, uh, you know, very. For- I feel very fortunate to have been a part of it because we, we don't tend to see those kinds of characters on the big screen with uh, that genre, of, you know, shark yeah. genre. So well, it's kind of nice to be now part of that list of movies that uh, we can say, "Hey, we're up there." You know, that's a nice thing. Hey, you, you did a shark movie. You made. I it. did a shark movie. You made By it. By the way, just to remind everybody, it's a shark movie. It's not uh, Shakespeare. You know, we had a lot of fun making it. It was a lot of work, but we had fun making it. Well, I want to talk about the movie here a little bit more. But one of the things that just struck me as you were talking, as an actor, 
you're right. You don't see the movie to the final till I mean, you don't see it till it's already out. And then you, the way you film it's in pieces. So what, what's that like? I mean, just to be on the set and to be an actor and, and you do a scene here, you do a scene there, and then you leave it up to the studios to, to put it all together. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's when I started out as an actor, that was the part that kind of always threw me like, why don't we shoot films in chronological order? But the problem with that, the, that those become budget constraints because you can't be bouncing back and forth in chronological order if you have to secure a location, right? So it's all based on access to your locations. Uh, so you kind of have to do your, you know, your homework as an actor and, uh, and even the, you know, everybody involved has to do their homework because you have to know where your place is in the script, where you're coming, where you're going, the arc of the story, the arc of the characters, so you kind of have to build a roadmap for yourself to kind of keep yourself straight, you know, making sure you you're hitting the right notes when you're uh, you're in these scenes. Uh, but with time and you know experience, you, it becomes a little bit, you know, you get used to shooting out of sequence and right. sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes you have, you struggle a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we shot out in the Dominican Republic, we shot on a 60,000 square foot, um a tank especially for these kinds of films 60,000 square foot it's a, it's, a, it's a 60,000 square foot pool swimming that, pool basically that's huge it, well it's massive because you got to mimic the ocean right and uh, in the middle in the middle of the part of that tank the middle part drops to about 20, 20 22 23 feet down below it doesn't seem deep but it's pretty deep uh, but that's where you do all your blue screen work. So that's where we were able to dive. You know, you can't, I mean, we could go out in the ocean, you know, we could go do that, but that poses all kinds of safety issues and problems. And, you know, uh, when we were diving, we had uh, safety divers with us, you know, uh, so you, you want to feel safe when you're doing this sort of thing. Right. But yeah, it's, it, you, you know, you try to keep it all together and straight in your head when you're filming. Uh, and that's why, you know, that's why I love what I do for a living. You know, I, every everything I do is always an adventure, you know. Well, let me ask you this, Willie. A lot of people think, yeah, man, it'd be great to be an actor. You just go on the set, do do some scenes. You get paid big bucks for it. But, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes behind acting. Yeah, and listen, the, the worst thing you can think of, if you're going to be an actor, and I'm saying this to all the wannabe actors out there, uh, God bless you, because it's not about you hitting your mark and just saying your lines there's a great responsibility when it comes to acting because you have to make sure that before you even walk on set that you have fleshed out whatever you're going to do and even whatever you're going to do don't tie yourself to it because it may change when you're on set the dialogue could change the actor you're working with may approach it differently the director may come at you differently you may have to do uh, some actions work that you didn't realize you were going to have to do. Um, so those are the sort of things that you got to be open. You got to be ready and open and, and prepared. And you have to know what you're doing forwards and backwards, meaning your, your dialogue. So, and then remember, you also, you're also nervous. I mean, every yeah. time I go on a movie set, man, I am so nervous. And the best thing I can tell myself is, is acknowledging. You're, you're nervous. Always. Well, your 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 credentials. I mean, you've done over seventy TV and film productions, and after after all that, you're yeah. still nervous. Oh yeah, I was nervous at every one of those things I was in. Man, I was <laughs> I I was so scared that I I you know it's that imposter syndrome. You walk in and you're like, you know, you feel like really that. I mean, I'm here. That wow. 
you know, but having said that, I got, I'm about to say something very controversial when it comes to that kind of thing. When you walk onto a set, the last thing you need to feel is 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 uh, feel grateful. The last thing you need to feel is humil being humble. Uh, that doesn't serve your job as an actor. Your job is to collaborate. Your job is to bring an interpretation. Your your job is to bring a voice to a, a character that you need to bring to life. So if you come in just feeling grateful and just and just uh, you know you're going to be like a puppet. You're going to stand where they tell you, and you're just going to say the lines they told you to say. Uh, if you're not engaged in the story uh, telling process, then you're really not doing your job. And being grateful is just that you're just happy they even invited you. That's not the way to collaborate. Uh, you know, uh, you're you're you uh, do a lot of uh, you cover a lot of politics. Uh, you know, I'm very much aware of that. It's the same way with being a good politician, a good servant to the people, rather than politicking. The best way to be a a, a representative of your constituency is to, to engage with them, to see what their needs are, to see how you can be an asset. That's the same thing with being an actor on a film set. You have to serve the story in the same way you have to serve the people. Okay. And when people lose sight of that and they become their own little celebrities in the political world, it's the same thing in the movie world. You can't walk in acting like a celebrity. You're here to bring to life a character and you're there to affect others and they're there to affect you. That's that's storytelling right and uh but in the same way when you walk in and you're a new you know you're a new u.s representative you're going to feel like an imposter because you can't believe you are where you are serving the people it's the same with being an actor i can't believe i'm on these big huge movie sets and i allow myself to kind of panic and freak out you know the first you know the first uh, 30 minutes or to an hour that i'm there uh, because yeah, I mean, you know, when you work with Daniel Craig, Sam Rockwell, Tommy Lee Jones, I can keep going. Yeah. Um, you work with some of the greats. Yeah, man. And so I, my, my job is to, uh, you know, be ready to do what I do best, but to help them too, you know, to help them as actors. I'm a servant to the story. Uh, and I have to remind myself why I'm there. And if I take it in little pieces, bit by bit, it's all manageable. I, I can make it happen. I can truly be the actor I was meant to be when I'm there, but I, but I don't, I don't uh, pull the focus to, to it to be about me. As long as I'm serving the story and I'm focused on the character, I'll be okay. And, you know, I was watching the movie last night and I'm really happy with the work that I did along with my castmates. You know, that's a monumental task to, to go out and, and shoot a movie like that, you know, especially a movie that we haven't seen. In fact, I was talking to my producer uh, a, a couple of minutes before I even logged in with you, uh, I said, you know, we kind of, we went into uncharted waters with this movie, you know, this is a genre film that we're, we're pushing in another direction. Mm -hmm. because we're telling a story and then this involves a, you know, a biracial family, you know, you have a Caucasian man, Latin woman, you know, they're going to Mexico and they're, and they're having to work out through their relationship while at the same time, surviving the shark that's below that's gonna pretty much you know uh, kill them <laughs> essentially eat them you know definitely uh, let's talk about the movie for a second the black demon okay kind of set the table for us kind of describe it and and what the movie is about now no spoiler alerts we've both seen the movie i know there's it, it opened this past weekend there's a lot of folks that haven't seen it yet so guys i'm t telling you right now we're not going to give any uh we're not going to do any spoilers for you but at the same time, this is a movie 
I thoroughly enjoyed and definitely recommend seeing. So, Julio, set the table for us a little bit and tell us what the film is about. Sure. Well, the black the black demon in essence is about a family that goes back to a spot where this couple, uh, you know, had spent time when they were dating and and, and they were a couple. And now they've gone back with their family to go enjoy a quick vacation. But at the same time, uh, the uh, the lead in it, Paul Sturges, is being asked uh, by the old company to go back and inspect uh, El Diamante, which is an oil rig off the coast. And uh, and basically, uh, when he, when they get to town, they discover the town is in shambles. It's kind of died out. Uh, it's obvious something ominous has happened there because uh, a lot of businesses have boarded up. Things aren't looking too good, and the people just seem really solemn, you know, as though they're they're dealing with the death of a, a small town. Eventually, the the uh, the oil inspector goes out to this rig to inspect uh, this rig, and finds that everybody has died, and there's only two two survivors there. Uh, and at that point, his world is about to be you know turned upside down. Meanwhile, his family's back at the uh, back on shore. And they find themselves in predicament. And just to escape that predicament, the only thing they could think of is just to go 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 to the rig where uh, her husband is and drag her children with her. To leave danger to but, go into more danger. And exactly. <laughs> you go into <laughs> things are about to get worse. So in essence, the movie is really about how does this family survive the shark? You know, right? It's a survival film. But also along the way, they start to unravel many things dealing with his past. And uh, from that point on, it's how they, they make it out of there if they can, you know. Uh, so in a, in a nutshell, that's it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple okay. story. But it's the, the, the fun part is watching them sort of figure things out and how they deal with this shark. And my character in particular is one of the two survivors on the rig. And uh, it's his sort of cabin fever mentality and the mythology of the black demon plays into it because it ties into, um, you know, the the shark is more of a curse that's been. Uh, well, it's not even a. It's not even. A, I mean, it's a shark, but it, we're talking about a prehistoric exactly. shark that has been been exactly. revived. We're talking megalodon. A, a megalodon. Big, I mean, as, that's as, a big as ass my, shark, man. As my brother, as my brother say, um pinche tiburón. You know, it's a I'm big the- ass <laughs> shark. You know, excuse my language, but I mean, that's it's a-, a big ass shark, right? <laughs> Uh, it's no joke. The thing is massive, right? So it's not it's not something that uh, you know you're all going to play with. So that thing that people saw back in the seventies, that the Jaws, that's kind of like a little a minnow compared to this megalodon. Yeah, the, you know it's funny. I mean, I look, I watched Jaws when I was working on the film, uh, and I would go back to my hotel after filming scenes. And by the way, while we were filming, we never got to see the rendering of the shark, so I still didn't know what the shark was going to look like. But I was watching. Sh- jaws and i got to watch the meg and i was just trying to get kind of in the in the in the in the mindset of of all these awesome genre films and uh i noticed in jaws there were a lot of uh people sunbathing and i never saw any latinos you know sunbathing i didn't see you know there weren't any latinos in jaws per se and i'm just excited that we get to you know be in a film like like jaws and 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 yeah to say that our shark is bigger than jaws now i'm not the, i'm not i'm not here to say that our film is better than jaws or any other uh, film our film is so different from all of those so they're not comparable but i'm really proud that we're up there on the screen cuz typically uh you know if we're latinos in these sort of films we get eaten first you know we're yeah uh, you know we're going to we're going to be uh yeah we're going to be bait for these uh these uh, creatures, you know. 
Well, in Jaws, you, I mean, you do make a point. I, I mean, I remember the films. There weren't many Latinos. I just came to the conclusion that sharks preferred white meat. <laughs> you know, but, well, you know, it's a little dry. You know, if you try, if you eat Latinos. Get some gravy on moist, it. You're a little spicy, you know. A little, a little more moist. <laughs> it's a little bit moist, more flavorful. No no offense to all the white meat out there, but <laughs> the, the brown meat is always uh, tastier, you know. So so as we look at this now, this, this uh, what's what, Maglodon? This Megalodon. I know it took me a while to kind of pronounce Megalodon. it. Well, that what take, what's still taking me a while is the name of this ancient Aztec god <laughs> that brings forth this Megalodon to to yeah. uh, as the movie as the movie uh, uh, treatment says. What is it? Uh, this Megalodon is a physical embodiment of retribution. I love that line. A physical. You know, you know embodiment what that of translates to? What, what that actually means is you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> big time, big time. Not, not yeah, only but, not only nature, but the Aztec god, ancient Aztec gods are 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 running, raining on your parade, man. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When you've got Tlaloc right behind your Tla Tlaloc, Tlaloc. Yeah. Right. In fact, the little boy in the film is is discovering this mythology along the way, uh, which he's a big part of it, and. uh yeah, it was funny because we were all trying to make sure we were all pronouncing it correctly because we had to say it so many times, you know. Well, the, some of the stuff in the movie um, that I read says that this is based on a true or a true belief or a true legend in, in, in Mexican yeah, so, culture. You know, listen, I'm Mexican. I was born in Durango, Durango in 1970, and uh, I, I, I went to go see I went to go find this mythology and uh, yeah, actually there's some there's some articles where people have spotted a huge shark they confuse it with a whale shark i think is one of those but apparently it goes back to the 1500s wow. so you know it's kind of like the loch ness monster you know everybody talks about the loch ness monster it's kind of like that you know mm -hmm. but you know the the black demon isn't quite as popular as la llorona or uh, el cucuy, you know, <laughs> chupacabra, you know, chupacabras, you know. I mean, chupacabras is actually from the '90s, right? So, um, the black demon goes much further back, you know. Uh, so may maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we can start talking about the black demon again, you know. <laughs> well, what I what I really enjoyed about the movie, uh, Julio, is that you know I thought it was I thought it was wonderfully filmed. I I really enjoyed it. It kept me on the edge of my seat. And as I looked at it, I mean. When that when the family was walking through that pretty much abandoned village, I mean, I felt like I was there. I mean, I've been in places in Mexico like that, and it just seemed it just came to life on the film. Well, and listen, when you're shooting when you're shooting in a, in a coastal town and village, and you see in the scene, it's a beautiful shot where they've got this man filleting the fish, cutting the you know the scales right. off the fish, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean that that all that all brings it brings it to life. But then there's also the aspect of the the coastal town where you see where yeah it's also dilapidated and things have things are not feeling great you know there's a one look, one of my favorite scenes in that movie there's a lot of them but one of my favorite ones is the way it starts where you find the mother having to protect her children and the way she leaves and jumps on that boat right. it's pretty pretty visceral stuff you know i really enjoyed that part of it you know uh, as much as i you know love this film and i was i was trying to watch it with an objective eye there were a lot of things i I didn't see and I was not a part of. I was never a part of those scenes in the beginning with the family on the on the on, the, on land, right? Inland. And who and who plays the mother? So that is a wonderful actress named Fernanda Urrejola. She's a Chilean actress. 
Uh, you know, we both are uh, alumni of the uh, Narcos Mexico Netflix series. Okay. She played Diego Luna's wife on, on Narcos Mexico. Um, and she's an, uh, just an excellent actress, uh, but more importantly, just an incredible human being, wonderful sense of humor, beautiful spirit, and, and uh, also just a beautiful, just oh, it's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Really beautiful but, person. But I now. tell you what, when she protected her children, that was a pissed, oh off, a pissed off Latina. Let me tell you, you man. You're not going to mess with the Latina and her kids. I mean, she took care of some things, by the way. And even even on the rigs, I mean, she's she's pretty badass. I mean, the way she's dealing with things, you know. And her husband is played by Josh Lucas. Yeah, so Josh Lucas is somebody that people will remember from, I think it's called Sweet Home Alabama or Sweet, there's a, you know, he's he's been around a while. Yes, and, he, and he's also in Ferrari and he, I mean, he's been yeah, in a lot of movies. He's been in a lot of movies. That guy, that guy's, you know, he's a, he's a veteran actor, uh, really great guy, uh, gave it his all and. And uh, I would always make fun of his, his skinny ass jeans. You know, he, he he wears these really tight jeans in the film, and uh, I would always make fun of him. I'm like, you're gonna have to stop eating, man. Those you're gonna bust at the seams with those skinny jeans well, you're wearing. You know, uh, no, he's a, he's a sweet guy. Again, we were all just trying to, um, you know, kind of bring life to these characters. You know, we're we're kind of in an absurd situation with this this uh, you know big shark lurking below you know so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun i we don't take ourselves serious and i don't think people should take this film also oh, that's an entertainment film it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a megalodon movie, movie. Yeah. it's not it's a megalodon shark movie, exactly. you know, no, it's a megalodon hey <laughs> <laughs> and what i also find interesting is that this film wasn't coming out of a big studio it's an independent film yeah, I mean, you know, I said I, I've said that before that it's an independent film. There are some studios involved, but it's not the big ones you're thinking of. Okay. You know? We're not talking about the big, big. big so who who did sold. this film? What's that? So who 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 created? So this film? mucho mas media is is uh, part of that uh, production. Uh, uh, Highland Film Group is a part of it. Avenue Film, and there's probably a few others. You know, I'm not privy to all of them, but they all they all have a stake in the film. And uh, I think they're they're great guardians of the story. I'm very proud to be a, a, a part of that. But listen, man, I don't think what people understand is like making movies is so hard. If people only used to understood the amount of people on set, it's expensive. Artists, I mean, it's expensive and it's too. Expensive. And by the way, you know we we did shoot in the Dominican because of that tank. And I think there's only like I think three or four of these tanks. So wow. you're lucky you can even find them when you can find. So them. how long did it take you to shoot the film? You know the film. The film actually took, I think, uh, four to five weeks. But uh, between pre-production and then ramping up, and then finally wrapping, and then getting home. I mean, I think. I mean, I was there six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. Six weeks. Yeah. Typically, these things get shot in thirty days. You know, twenty-five to mm -hmm. thirty days, and that's that's short. I mean, movies used to take three months, four months with big budgets. Yeah, um, but those are big. Like when we did Cowboys and Aliens, oh, that was a great movie. That was like three months, three or four months, you know. And that was like a hundred fifty million dollar film. I mean, that was massive. Um, with these films with uh, smaller budgets, uh, look, I'm blown away. I mean, they spent a lot of money on this film, uh, but it it's epic. I mean, the way they shot it, it it is epic. They they didn't. They didn't hold back on how they no. were filming this film, you know, especially and, all the underwater stuff. Well, to the underwater stuff, I know uh, in the film, you suit up in some scuba gear and you're down. And I think in the movie time, you were maybe, what, five minutes? 
of of scenes but yeah, how how, so, how long were you in, underwater to film the that the, just for yeah. the few minutes that came on the screen yeah which is also disappointing man because <laughs> you know i wanted it i mean i mean look i am in it and i am in it and, and you're going to be able to see you me thought you were a regular latino jacques Cousteau, huh yeah i i, I was gonna go yeah i was gonna start doing tours of you know i was gonna go do uh coral reef tours i'd guide those tourists into these reefs no i was there you know, we all got half of the crew got COVID when we shot this thing, and this was back in uh, we shot December of 2021, and we wrapped up January of 2022. And uh, when we came back after Christmas, uh, ready to ramp up, uh, you know, we were doing testing, and half the crew uh, pretty much got COVID. So the production kind of had to shut down uh, to make sure everybody recovered and keep everybody safe. So ten days, I got COVID isolated for 10 days and then 10 days after that uh, uh three days after my isolation i got called in to go do the the underwater stuff and i was there five hours underwater and we five would pull up, well you'd go up to switch out your tanks you know uh and by the way when i accepted this role one of, one of the things i told the director i said man i'd love to do this movie but i don't know if i could do it i don't know how to swim and he says <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an ocean movie and i don't know how to swim and he says, "No, nah, you don't have you don't have to learn how to swim when you when you dive." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Don't forget, you have air on your back. You know, you've got a tank of air right. on your back." But yeah, man, it's kind of crazy, you know, all that all that work, and it just gets reduced to you know. Okay, you're an accomplished actor. You're successful. You have a family. You've done all these things. We need to learn how to swim, Julio. I'm never gonna learn how to swim. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listen. This will be the last shark movie I'm ever gonna do. I'm never going yeah. to water hey 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 never say never what what if what if <laughs> no, the movie's so never. popular what if the pop movie's so popular they want to they want a sequel you know i there is this you know there is a thing called stunt doubles and next time i <laughs> ask for that you know okay okay <laughs> bottom line you're not getting in the water again i'm okay. not getting in the water i'm not gonna go tiger hunting i'm not gonna do crazy things that all my all my gringo friends do man they do crazy stuff i'm like man i don't I mean, look, I'm not going to generalize, but every Mexican friend I have, they don't go underwater. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to be swimming with sharks, you know. All right. Well, um, we're not friends, close friends yet, my friend, but I am a, <laughs> I am a scuba diver, believe it or not. I love oh, scuba diving. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I uh, uh, yeah, yeah. One I, of the I, things I, that flipped me out when they were training us, we, we, we did a course for three days. They were teaching us how to flush the water out of your mask two different mm -hmm. ways. And I was like, wait a minute, you want me to go at the bottom of the bottom of the where we're shooting and you want me to pull my mask up to let water in? Are you nuts? Yeah. Well, I had to learn how to do that. Uh, so I tried one, I tried it with just the mask with a regulator in the mouth. And I had to I had to learn that way. And then and then they taught me how to do the other mask which pretty much encompasses your whole face. Sure. Both of those, I had to, I, I had to pull water into my mask to, to, to flush it out. That's when I thought this is bonkers. And then to depressurize on the way down. So my <laughs> friend, you are nuts. You are I, nuts doing that. I am nuts. And I tell you what, uh, and it's, it's not for now, but another time, maybe I actually found a love for being underwater when I was in, I was in college. I went to Texas state university which back then was Southwest Texas State, and they had Aquarina Springs. Oh. And they had the underwater show. I was one of the witch doctors that swam in the underwater show, you know, sometimes five, six times 
Are you a, a day? Yes, oh sir. I, I swam with, with Ralph the swimming pig, but you know what? No comment. We won't go there. Back back hey, to the movie. Hey, you can go do that while I kind of float down the lazy river there in San Marcos, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, so th this this ancient god, uh pronounce his name again? Takulek it's, or... it's not it's not that it's not Takoland or Takumek. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's uh Tlaloc. It's T Tlaloc. Yeah, A L O C, yeah. Tlaloc. Yeah. Tlaloc. Now he is the ancient god of rain, thunder, fertility, agriculture. Our, our our ancestors believed in this. Every you know, all through history, globally, somebody prayed to the gods. And this particular god just kind of fascinated me as I started doing some research before this podcast. Interesting, interesting fella. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't listen. I what I can say is, if you know, I listen. I've been to Machu Picchu. I've been to a, a Teotihuacan in Mexico. You know, when you're in that sort of mindset, uh, indigenous mindset, in the end, they were worshiping uh, the, the, you know, Mother Earth, you know. Right. And so in, in essence, that's how they broke it apart. And I have a lot of respect for that. You know, for me, I feel like in the film, you know, it deals with uh, this natural disaster with the rig and how it's, you know, seeping oil from underneath. So really, the 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 God aspect of it is a punishment that's being put upon man for not not taking care of Mother Earth. You know, there is that aspect of the film. It's um, look, it's a good message. I, yeah. I think anyway, if you can sneak in a, a good message, that's great. Uh, is it going to be perfect? No, you know, people are going to love it or they don't. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's going to provoke thought. You know, whether you like the you know like the theme the that aspect of the of the message, it doesn't matter. In the end, it's a, I think it's a it's a really cool way to do it, especially through the uh, the Aztec culture. You know, well, there's one thing that I've noticed here in Texas that lately we've been getting some severe weather. I mean, we're talking about softball and grapefruit sized <laughs> hail. I'm just wondering if this God isn't back. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking that the other day because I was thinking it's been so chilly up here. You know, I live over here in Fort Worth, and it got pretty chilly yesterday, and I was wearing shorts, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to wear like a I'm gonna have to wear like a fur coat and sandals uh, and walk walk out with an umbrella, you know. It's, it's, and we were, it's yeah, we uh, we're getting what uh, grapefruit sized hail. I mean, talk about a physical embodiment of retribution. I mean, oh boom, no, without right a doubt, there we're, on the we're that's, what, man, that's bad. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So so hey, maybe we need to make a sacrifice to to <laughs> Lolak or whatever. Yeah, there's a there's Love. a couple of family members I'd sacrifice right now for sure. No, I'm hey. just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I, guys, we're the, the this show is for entertainment, not to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on this, and and again, the movie. Congratulations, and Jose, you've look if you're if you're listening out there, and if you don't uh, know about Julio um career look it up i mean you've done some amazing things can you kind of give me just just the listeners a quick little highlight of some of the people you've worked with and some of the some of the shows you've been on programs yeah it's uh it's funny you know when i started as an actor when i didn't have many credits uh when i would say when people would say hey so what do you what do you do for a living it was hard for me to say i was an actor because when i would say i'm an actor then people would say uh, is, have you been in anything I've, you know, anything I might have seen you in? And man, I couldn't come up with anything because I hadn't done much. And then through the years, as I began to work and begin to build my 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 resume, it was always hard for me to even say I was an actor because people 
when I would say I'm an actor, they'd say, well, what have you been in? And then I'd have to list, you know, all these things I was in. And I always felt like I had to validate myself through that. You know, you ask a doctor, so what are you doing for a living? And they say, oh, I'm a doctor. You don't say, well, how many surgeries have you done? How many, you know, you let them go through a whole list of surgeries. But I think that was just my insecurities, you know, as an actor. Okay. I, 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 you know, it was hard for me. But now I can tell you proudly, I am an actor. And I'm so proud of it. And I have worked with a lot of really great people. And to name a few, I mean, not that I'm just name dropping, but I've been very fortunate. Well, I, I asked, I yeah. asked. No, without a doubt. But I'm very, I'm very proud of it because, uh, you know, I see myself as an actor who was being an apprentice for so long. And it was my job to, to learn from the greats. And I can certainly tell you, having worked with Tommy Lee Jones and the three burials of Melquiades Estrada, that was a huge highlight in my career. But then going on and getting to work with Sam Rockwell and Daniel Craig and, you know, getting to work with, uh, um, you know, even Diego Luna in, in, in Narcos Mexico, Michael Chiklis on, on the show Coyote, um, you know, and even in this one with Josh Lucas, uh, it's it's been it's been great, man. I'm it's a constant. I have an admiration for a lot of these actors, but I also give myself a lot of credit to learn from them. You know, mm -hmm. and then to also when I'm working with actors who are just beginning, you know, to remind myself of how to be a, a giving actor to them as well, you know, to help them. Uh, and to, in, in essence, I help myself when I help them. I, I learned that a lot from even watching Daniel Craig when we did Cowboys and Aliens. He was very he was not self-deprecating, but he he'd like to make fun of himself a little bit. And that kind sure. of humanized them with us as actors. And. He, he was kind of signaling to us that, hey, we're all here to have fun. And that's important. And that's what you learn from the greats. I'll be honest with you, all all these big actors I've worked with. In fact, I even worked with Sybil Shepherd in a movie called uh, Rose, Being Rose. And uh, I spent so much time with her. I played a state trooper in that name, uh, Ernesto. And, uh, you know, they're very giving. I mean, all these great actors are very giving and it's always the lesser actor that uh, tends to want to show up and be the, you know, uh, sort of the self-absorbed actor and they're they're the ones i don't have great experiences with but it's always the big actors yeah who know how to make you feel um you know validate they validate you they make you feel wanted you know you know well i'm sure a lot of these big actors out there when they're being interviewed they're going who's some of the favorite people you've worked with and i bet julio Cedillo is up there at the top of all of them yeah. well you know uh if anything they can <laughs> say he's a good actor he brought his own lunchbox you know <laughs> I like was it go. was it a sandwich or did you wrap up some burritos there for lunch? Oh, you got to bring the burritos now. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I had I remember when I was in school, uh, I was in uh, what was it uh, second grade? No, first grade. It was first grade. There was a kid named Frankie, and he showed up with the sandwich, and I knew what a sandwich was, but I didn't know that yellow thing he had in a sandwich. And I said, "Hey, the what yellow is that? thing." Yes, and he said okay. it's mustard, and I was like, "What's that?" If you think about it, I didn't, I didn't eat mustard up until I was in uh, middle school, you know, and burritos was my thing. I'd show up with, my mom would make me these little yeah. aluminum foil. I'd have the brown paper bag, you know, and uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, to this day, you know, if I could bring my own lunch to some of these sets, I would, you know. And, and nowadays they're not called burritos, they're called wraps. Oh, that. they're called wraps, which it, makes it, it which makes it socially socially acceptable. What did you have for lunch? A wrap? No, yeah, well, it sounds healthy. <laughs> you know, it sounds like well, it's kind of like it's kind of like kale, right? <laughs> kale is colored greens, right? right? The kale just sounds healthy to me. Kale sounds like cardboard. You know, <laughs> uh, 
I will eat collard greens before I eat kale, right? So you truly have vacillated between two countries. I mean, you're born in Durango, Durango. Love the, love the city. I've been there. I think, believe that's where Pancho Villa was born as well. Yeah, his real name was uh, Doroteo Arango, but it's also the place where John Wayne shot a lot of movies. Absolutely. I, I guess the question I have is, as an actor, where in the early years, being Latino kept people from getting parts. I mean, look at Martin Sheen. He basically changed his name, yeah. you know, just to get parts. But yeah. In today's world, do you see it as an advantage or a disadvantage in, in the movie business being Latino? You know what? I You know, look, I, I don't tend to, you know, here's the hard part. I try not to get sucked into the identity politics of mo in the movie world. But if you look at my career, a lot of the things I get cast in, I've been cast as a campesino, a drug lord, a ranch hand, you know. And this one, I'm an old rig worker named Chato. And so I can't escape. I can't escape those kinds of roles. So instead of fighting them, I have to do the work. We cannot be lazy. So I'll answer your question, but let me add this part of it. Sure. So when I was starting out as an actor, I had a lot of friends who would say, I can't believe they want me to read for this part or that part. And for them, it was always seemed like stereotypical roles. And to a larger extent, I probably would agree with them. But But one of the things I had to remind them was like, look, we wanted to be actors. Now we're given a chance. But yes, the roles aren't great. Uh, I remember doing stuff with Walker, Texas Ranger, where I played a ga ex-gang member. The, it had a good message, but the writers were white and the role and the dialogue wasn't great. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to dirty it up a little bit because it just mm -hmm. seemed a little too antiseptic, you know, and uh, make it real. Make it. I wanted to make it real. But so one of the things I would tell my friends is like, look. Just get in there, get cast. And then once you're there, then you make all these suggestions and then you make all these changes and collaborate. You know, it's really easy to resist all this stuff. We live in a society where everybody wants everything to be perfect. Everybody thinks that, you know, equality is important. I believe in equality and I think we must strive for that always, without a doubt. But instead of being... Uh, negative and resistant and almost militant you have to subvert the system any system and the way you do it is go in there as a team player mm -hmm. and come up with solutions and answers and i promise you that is the way change happens and that's the way it changes in hollywood so the thing that i've learned about uh, to answer your question you know i don't know how many times and i know you know you having uh grown up in texas and and especially, you know, understanding the political world, because it's, it's kind of the same thing with the political world. It's we come and go. It's ebbs and flows. There's peaks and valleys with the way Latinos are being perceived and brought into the fray. But there's way more opportunities now than ever before. The thing to fight is the quality. So at the end of the day, for me, uh, you know, people keep calling me a Mexican actor, a Mexican-American actor, a Latino actor. And honestly... I'm an actor first who happens right. to be Latino. You know, I wouldn't call you a, a Mexican-American attorney. It's like, no, you're an attorney who happens to be Mexican. Sure. You know, so I think we need to start recalibrating that. You know, I don't think, I, I think being proud of who we are is extremely important. Never let that go ever because you bring something to the table that someone doesn't have, you know, but we have to remember that it's quality that we have to strive for. So when you're an actor and you're working on these movies, it's better to be in a movie where you're dealing with universal themes, 
about love, greed, redemption. Those are things that anybody can relate to, no matter your cultural background. But if you have a little bit of that essence of your culture in the background, that's part of the story. That's that's beautiful too. But it's more about the quality of the work and the story you're telling. I'm I would rather be in a movie like that than a movie where we're just it's all about the culture and it's all about this this struggle. And after a while, that gets old. You know, we can perpetuate yeah. our own stereotypes, and we have to be careful with that. So I think it's it's good to tell the stories, but let's tell them in a way that's very human, you know, so that we don't get caught up uh, arguing with each other. You know, the black the black experience and the and and, and the the black community have done such a wonderful job of of putting out their stories and 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 oh, it's absolutely. And then diverse, yeah. and people always say, well, how come Latinos can't do that? Well, this is what I say. The Black experience is very diverse, and there's different layers to that experience. But in the end, it's still a very uh, shared experience. Latinos, you either come here from a different part of Latin America, right? And we're specifically talking about Latinos, or you're second, third, fourth generation Latinos. And so that's very complex. Because are you American or are you Latino? Like, like, but you can't, it's like gum in your hair. We're and, all of that. And we come from 22 different countries of origin. So there's even more nuances to, to add. Exactly. To, to so yeah. what you try to do in story is you say, okay, well, let's not get caught up on the trap of trying to tell all these Latino stories in one, in one little story. So let that fall into the back and then just tell the universal story. You know, Romeo and Juliet. Maybe you mm -hmm. have an Nicaraguan family marrying somebody who's Cuban. Fine, let that sit in the back. But the story is a love story, and it's a tragic love story. Sure. That's more exciting than focusing on, on representing both cultures in the story. I'm like, that's that that could be too much after a while, right? Yeah. So it's not to water down what we're doing, but let's not get caught in the trap either, right? And it's it's tough. But look, the streaming platforms have allowed more more films that come into play. We get to see films we hadn't seen before. There's new actors we hadn't seen right. before. So really, we're, we're in a much better place today than we have been in the past. But the one thing I can tell your audience, anybody out there who wants to be an actor, a writer, a director, production designer, sound operator, whatever, you know, don't wait for anybody to come by and help you. Don't wait for somebody to give you a license to create. You can do it right now. Don't wait. You can do it because anytime I'm a, I'm on a, a film set, everybody's nervous. Everybody everybody's trying to figure it out. They may not tell you that, but we're all working through the process. And the kids today, when they want to compare themselves to to the films and the products on Instagram, they get short circuited because they're they're seeing a finished product and then they say to themselves, "I'll never live up to that." Well, guess what? Don't. Because it took a lot of people to make that film happen. And you're seeing the best takes, the best moments, the best music. Don't compare yourself. Yeah. Give yourself a break. Go do what you want to do today and build a community with people who are excited about doing something. It's not about being perfect. Just do something. And I promise you, if you focus on telling good stories, people are going to find you and you will find yourself in a much better position again because we need more stories. We need more female directors. We need more females in this business more than ever. 
Uh, those we, days of men driving the whole thing, that's got to go, man. And we need more Latinos and Latinas in the uh, in the studios making those decisions and yes. doing the writing, doing, yes. the, doing the final yes. stuff. The Black Demon, great movie. One of my, uh, your character, what is it? Uh, oh, Chato. 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 Yeah, he, has Chato. A, he has a great line in there. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. But he, when, he's talking, when he's talking to Josh Lucas. Oh, yes. When, when when he has to make this guy snap out of it, he says, open your eyes, cabron. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. I love that. Open yeah. your eyes, cabron. That's going to be yeah. my, my, my new go-to uh, comment there. Open your eyes, cabron. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because they made it. They made a T-shirt when we wrapped and they made a cap that had it on the side. Open your eyes, cabron. And, and everybody everybody would, would use it in different contexts. Somebody would say, Open your eyes, cabron. This churro has dulce de leche in it, you know. And so it was like you can use it for anything. Like, open your eyes, cabron. We have an an exam tonight, you know. Uh, if you're going o to school. open your eyes, cabron. It's not a burrito. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's exactly. A wrap. Exactly. Hey, uh, before we go, and I could just talk to you forever, uh, Julio. Thank you very much again for 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 being on the show. But uh, what's next for you? Yeah, so I've got, I've got. Well, there's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, what's next for me is I got, I got to work because you know I got to pay the bills. But well, you've uh, been doing, you've been doing it for what 33 years. I mean, yeah, you yeah. seem to be pretty good about it. So I yeah, have no doubt yeah. you'll stay working for a while. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I'm blessed. My, my, look, I, I, I'm, I'm doing well, and I've got a couple of films coming out this year. I mean, in total, there's seven, seven that are coming out this year from the last year and a half. Um, that you're going to be in that I'm going to be in. There was wow. one that came out of dead. It's called Deadland. It's a, uh, it's another one of these supernatural films it takes place on the border. I play an internal affairs, uh, border patrol guy. It's, 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 uh, it's, I love that character. Uh, it's called Deadland. It should be coming out later this year. Uh, there's a movie that's premiering at the Dallas international film festival called chocolate lizards. I play a sheriff in that Thomas Hayden church is in that Carrie Ann Moss is in that from the, uh, the matrix. Rudy mm -hmm. Pankow from the show at the Outer Banks. Uh, so that'll be uh, this Saturday, but that should hopefully be distributed by the end of the year. But the, uh, the one I'm also looking forward to is a million miles away. It's an, it's a based on a true story about an astronaut named Joe Hernandez. And it's about a migrant uh, farming family who uh, is going back and forth from Michoacan to Central Valley, California. And it's a story about the young boy who eventually becomes a real astronaut. And I believe you had, you had interviewed him in, in the past. Uh, based on a true story, Michael Pena plays my son. I play his father, and, that's and Michael Pena plays uh, the astronaut or, or Jose, right? Astronaut. Yeah, he plays my son. Yeah, and uh, that comes out in October. And then there's another film that should be coming out hopefully by November, uh, December. It's called uh, A Cielo Abierto. It's all it's a Mexican film. Uh, the writer's Guillermo Arriaga, who wrote Amores Perros, Twenty One Grams, Babel. He also wrote The Three Burials, the film that I did with Tommy Lee Jones, and he brought me back. And that's a really intense film because it's about a coming of age story of two boys who go exact uh, revenge on a man who killed their father in a hit and run accident and they kidnap him and, and they go into the desert. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then uh, hopefully in June, I'll be in Bogota shooting a horror film. Uh, Another a, a horror film? A horror. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to end up in the genre for a little bit, but uh and I believe I turn into a, a creature. You got to watch out. I turn into this crazy creatures so sounds like a lot it sounds like a lot of time in the makeup chair a lot of time in the makeup <laughs> chair man so yeah well uh julio before we go 
any any closing comments and once again i i personally i want to thank you for for being on the show and also want to thank you for representing out there you've done an amazing job uh you are the type of actor that um i look up to and even though you're not in those you don't have those major roles you're out there supporting making it all happen without you these films wouldn't be the films they are Hey, listen, man, that means a lot to me. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I was hoping in my life that I'd be more a mainstream actor. Uh, but you know what? I countered that with having a, uh, to being home with my family and my kids. That was way more important to me. Uh, and I think I made the right move. You know, I'm I'm in a position where I can spend a lot of time with my, my kids when I can. And then I can still go out and make these movies. And so I'm very grateful for that uh and uh but you know yeah my 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 thing is i'm always going to be a servant to the story and i'm always conscious of the fact that i'm representing a group of people out there but i try not to let that be the only thing that leads me into story i still have to bring these characters to life so i'm very grateful that i'm doing this but more importantly to anyone out there listening to us today uh one thing i want to say to you is uh, don't be hard on yourself be kind to yourself if you're kind to yourself you're going to get to some of those goals you want to uh, get to and uh, take everything in small bites, learn how to compartmentalize. Uh, don't die. Uh, pick which hill you're going to die on. Um, you know, there's a lot that I've learned from being an actor that's helped me in my personal life, you know, and I think that it's a marathon. Life is a marathon. And so pace yourself and uh, you know, spend a lot of time with the people who care and love you and, and be a mentor to people you know, and find those mentors for yourself, but also mentor people. I do that with young actors. And I also have my mentors that I, that I visit with. And that's helped me throughout my life. And again, I I'm, I'm living the most humble life I can live, but also be a badass, be, be the great you want to be. Because if you believe it, it becomes a reality. You know, that perception will become a reality. And if you feel like you can be great, you are great. And that's what pushes me through to get the work that I get. Great advice. Julio, thank you very much. Um, you've been listening to Latino Business Report, and we've been here with Julio Cesar Sadio, a great actor, hermano from Durango, is up here making it happen on the big screen and in uh, productions for the past 33 years. Thank you for listening to Latino Business Report. You can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast, or you can find us at latinobusinessreport.com. Once again, Julio, thank you for joining us and best of luck to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in your next production. Once again, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. You've been listening to Latino Business Report. And guys, till next time.